The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 27, brought to you by the fine folk at the SB Nation NFL Show. I am your host, Michael Kist, and as always, I am joined by a guy that tells people that I'm his best friend, which is a little awkward for me, but I'm flattered. He is Kyle Posey. Follow him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Kyle, how you doing, brother? Doing well, man. I'm happy for you. You get a you get a roll with Jalen Hurts moving forward, so that should be fun for you. So <laughs> as my best friend, I'm rooting for you, Michael uh free agency man we're gonna get some takes off here and uh franchise tag deadline is passed and now we are going to be at the point where we start to get some news so that'll be fun we start to get some you know some news of where teams are linked with players so what are you what are you looking for coming up here yeah i mean today we're going to be hitting up that franchise tag news that's the first big wave to kind of crash at this period of the offseason along with the dak prescott news of course and then we'll be continuing that the, the thread of free agent breakdowns as we go show by show through position by position, uh, this time linebackers is the topic of discussion. So that's what I've been focused on for the past couple of days in preparation for this show. So we'll unpack all of that before we do. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I don't have a whole lot to look forward to when it comes to free agency. But I think I did find one guy. So there, there is that that maybe they can afford it. They cut like 17 players. But before we, before we get into that, uh, a quick reminder, subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't done so yet. Uh, I'll, I'll pitch a couple ideas for the written reviews on Apple Podcasts. Number one, if you ask us a question on there, one of our hosts will answer it on one of our shows. So if there's a burning question that you have for us, throw it in there. And look, it, it can even be a take. So fire off a take in the Apple Podcast review and we'll toss it around on the network here and see how we feel about it. Uh, number two, make the case about why we should talk about your favorite team more. Uh, it is a tall task trying to fit in all 32 teams on this feed. But if you're feeling particularly neglected, let us know and tell us what angle that we're missing with your team. We are all ears when it comes to that. So with that all done and dusted, let's get to some quick franchise tag takeaways uh, from the past few days. The Denver Broncos, and all of this, by the way, covered on the NFL Daily Kickoff uh, by Pete Sweeney this morning. So go check that out if you want the rapid recap We'll just get into some some specifics here, but the Denver the Denver Broncos, in my opinion, they did the right thing in tagging safety Justin Simmons as long as they get a long term deal done by the summer, which they should. Both sides have said that they are interested in getting that done. This is one of the best safeties in the league, and with what the Broncos asked their safeties to do, which is a lot, 
Simmons is able to wear those different hats and thrive in that system. So good on them for keeping him on board. Now they have to address some needs at outside corner and get that secondary right. But keeping Simmons makes that a lot easier to figure out overall. Also, shout out to football guy, guys, all pro safety Marcus May, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago. The New York Jets tag him at the price of 11.2 mil. I expect a deal gets done there in the long term. Really good player, as we said, and smart of the Jets to uh, hang on to a real locker room leader for them. Uh, keep an eye on the New Orleans Saints situation after tagging safety Marcus Williams, another one of my personal FGGs, football guy guy. I really like his game, uh, but this means that the Saints will have to also make some cuts, and they're going to have to do that anyway. You could see Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Brown, and Emmanuel Sanders all gone. In fact, right before we started recording, Sanders was in fact released by the Saints today. And as was reported today as well, they're expected to release linebacker Quan Alexander. And all that still won't be enough to get them in the green, if I'm not mistaken, with quarterback Jameis Winston still to resign if they want to. Es essentially, they're going to be paying for 2021 in both 2022 and 2023. And frankly, I don't think that they're close to being a contender considering the quarterback situation. So... Have fun with all that. Lastly, Allen Robinson. Man, you have to feel for this guy. The Bears tag him, and I'm hoping that leads to a trade. That way, Robinson can hopefully, finally, get paired with a real quarterback. And the compensation the Bears would get in return would likely help them go acquire a quarterback. So I think the deal would be good for both sides. Kyle, uh, your thoughts on uh, everything that's that's shaken out in the past couple of days? We willed Marcus May's franchise tag into existence, so <laughs> we should get a cut of his salary in 2021. Like yeah. Marcus May, in my opinion, is a better football player than Justin Simmons. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, Simmons had to cover a lot, you know, with the second, the young secondary that they had uh, this past season. I would say Allen Robinson should go full Deshaun Watson and just say, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. I'm not doing Correct. this. Yes. Like, you what what he's had to go through not just in Chicago but in Jacksonville as well no player should have to endure that especially <laughs> a player of his caliber so yeah i i think that he should just demand a trade say i want to go play with lamar i want to go play with somebody who needs a receiver get that compensation the bears it will work out for them because it's it looks likely that you know he has no interest in being there in the long term so i think that allen robinson should move on and yeah, I guess I'm just kind of excited to see where all of these go. And, and then the way you talk about the Saints, more proof that the salary cap is just a fix, uh, just a figment of our imagination, man. <laughs> uh, somebody described it as trying to fit an octopus in a small box because everything is always trying to poke out. But you can manipulate <laughs> it in so many ways. And we're seeing the Saints do it now. Um, will they be under the cap by the time March 17th rolls around? I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah. But there's... There's so many contracts around the league that you can kind of manipulate and get around where um, if a play, if a team doesn't want to sign a player this offseason, it's because they don't want to, not because they don't have the cap space. Right. Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with that. And it's still hamstrings. The, the Saints is what they can do in, in free agency and whatnot. So it hurts them that way. Pushing money forward when you're not a contender to pay for a year where you're not contending, I think is ultimately uh, a, a bad thing and ultimately detrimental. So it's something to track. And, and going back to Allen Robinson, I 100% agree hold out, right? There, there's there's absolutely no reason. And people could say, you know what? Allen Robinson did this to himself. He had a chance to play for Aaron Rodgers when he first hit free agency or whatever the case was. I mean, yeah, he went with the Bears and he made that choice and that's his bet and he has to lie in it. But the fact is, the Chicago Bears, four years later, how could Allen Robinson expect them 
to not have fixed the quarterback position, and they are not in position to fix the quarterback position right now. How could he possibly expect that? So he should absolutely hold out and get the heck out of there. So we are we're praying for Allen Robinson on this show, uh, who I once called the greatest charlatan of all time, because it's actually kind of his fault that these quarterbacks are propped up as uh, and believed in as much as they are, because Allen Robinson makes them look so good uh, for certain stretches. So with, with all that out of the way, uh, let's get into some uh, some linebacker talk. And before we hit free agents, we do have some news on a guy that signed. We were going to talk about him anyway because he was going to be a free agent. But uh, the week played out really interesting for Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker Levante David. Uh, early in the week, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network said, quote, the Bucks are not done making their push to re-sign Levante David, end quote. Uh, he said there's a good chance that he would be back and a real effort would be made by the Bucks to bring him back, which, as Garofalo admitted, uh, was a 180 on his stance that there just wasn't enough money to go around and David was probably gone. So that situation was up in the air for the Bucks, with David saying that he's just going to go with the flow. Uh, the Bucks obviously had and still have a lot of decisions to make in trying to keep this core of top players together. They've got Shaq Barrett who has produced 27 and a half sacks over the last two years. He's still out there in the ether. They've got wide receiver Chris Godwin, who has over 3,000 yards and 23 touchdowns over the last three years combined. The Bucks did tag Godwin at the price of 15.8 mil against the cap in 2021. Uh, Got to keep that cupboard of weapons stacked for Tom Brady. I think it's the right decision. Now it's a matter of getting a deal done and what that looks like for the future. And look, part of that, uh, you know, the, the not having a whole lot of money to go around, as Garofalo stated, that's true. Uh, and coming into this thing, there were a total of 31 Buccaneers set to become free agents. So that may mean that Shaq Barrett is out. But according to Albert Breer, the Bucks are having, quote unquote, earnest talks about a long-term extension with Shaq Barrett. So the Bucks are also, as it stands right now, roughly three, three mil over the cap, I think, as the cap was just announced today to be 182.5 mil uh, for 2021. So something like three mil that they're over. Maybe it's two mil. Either way, without splitting hairs. They are over it, and they have some work to do there before they sign Shaq. But dialing back to Levante David, who, for my money, has been a top-tier linebacker for years now, and even still at the age of 31, I thought he would bring home something in the neighborhood of $14 mil a year on the market. Instead, he gives Tampa Bay something of a hometown discount on a two-year, $25 million deal that puts him at the 12.5 per year mark. So a good deal for Tampa, and in my mind, it was a win for Tampa. And and what makes David so special? Just rock steady, ability and coverage. He was top 10 in PFF's coverage metrics, including passer rating allowed and yards allowed per cover snap along, among linebackers, smart, athletic player. It was a little frustrating to see Devin White get all the love when David and the Bucks finally got to the national stage and got that recognition. But he got himself a ring. He got paid, so I won't lose sleep over it. Kyle, uh, David is a guy that you've talked about a ton What's your feel on all this? So Sports Info Solutions tracks total point saves, which is like a baseball war metric. And Levante David led all linebackers in total point save with 64. So that kind of tells you just how valuable of a player he is. Yeah. And my take is he has a 2021 cap hit of 3.5 million, which is <laughs> insane. So kudos to him for, you know, kind of taking that taking that hometown discount and letting the Tampa Bay be able to probably sign another guy. So uh, when, when great players do that, we've seen Tom Brady do it year after year after year. So when right. great players do that, I feel like it just it, it goes over well with the organization. So uh, good for him. He got a Super Bowl ring. So I imagine, you know, money is not as important now. He's not looking to cash out, you know, at his age. Did you know that he's 31? I didn't know he was that old. 
it yeah. seems like he hasn't been in the league for that long. But uh, I mean, it just kind of we we're, we've been kind of overlooking his greatness for so long that it, I guess it does add up. You, you mentioned Brady, and look, David doesn't have like an international supermodel wife bringing home a bunch of bacon to, to kind of help with that. So, I mean, it is interesting that he did kind of take that discount. But again, the, uh, we, we talked about the Saints pushing money forward. The Bucks are pushing money forward and trying to capitalize on this window, which I, I think is the right thing to do. We're going to see the cap significantly go up in the next uh, few years. So it's a little lean this year, but then it'll go up, and that's when the Bucks are kind of pushing their money to, which I think is is smart. I mean, when I, when I thought of top laning, spots for David, which doesn't matter for David now, but doesn't matter for these teams still in search of help at the linebacker position. So it's relevant to our next topic, which is free agents. Uh, the Browns were mentioned as a top contender for David services. I would have thrown in the Panthers, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Jets, the Dolphins. I mean, I could probably make this list even longer, but those are the teams that come to mind when it comes to David. He would have had a long list of suitors. And again, I thought that probably would have been something in the line of three years 14 mil a year and the Bucks ended up getting a, a short deal done for less money. They get ri- the, the rich get richer, really, both figuratively and literally in this situation. So let's get into some of the, the free agents and some guys that are going to become richer. I, I think this kind of pushes up some guys in the market. And one of them is Matt Milano, Buffalo Bills linebacker. This is a guy we talked about in episode 19 of the Palpably Unfair podcast when we detailed the top pending free agents of the remaining playoff teams back in mid-January. Here's what I had to say about them. And I'm going to go with their top pending free agent, Matt Milano, the linebacker. Now, some qualifications here. He has only played 31% of the Bills' defensive snaps this year. Injuries is the big red flag for him. The former fifth-round pick has dealt with bad hammies, a broken fibula, more hammies, a left pectoral strain suffered this season that has limited his time on the field. So it's a lot of soft tissue stuff that kind of scares me. But when he's out there, he is a three down backer. He excels in coverage. You put him up against tight ends, running backs. He fares well in zone. He holds up pretty well when getting connected to slot receivers entering his zones. The weakness for him is in the run game, specifically tackling. So you're going to want to pair him with the right guy in the box. But I think you see a difference in the Bills' defense when he's in there as opposed to when he's not, and that's really all you can ask for. Chances are he's back in Buffalo, but if he hits the market, I can see teams putting aside the injury history and taking a solid swing at a decent value. Probably, I mean, he's probably going to be something around the the 10 mil type mark average per year. Uh, That's if he sticks with Buffalo, maybe a little bit higher if he initiates a bidding war on the market. In terms of fit, I think linebacker is one of the weaker positions for the Los Angeles Rams for for Matt Milano there. The the Philadelphia Eagles are in dire need of linebacker help. I mean, they were starting Nate White Snake Gary until they hit him with a shadow benching in the middle of the season last year. Uh, But the problem is the Eagles have literally no money to spend on any type of costly free agent. So they're probably out of the mix there. A team that does have some cash to throw around there that I've already mentioned are the Cleveland Browns. They were looking to spend some of that on J.J. Watt, and they reportedly offered Watt more than the Cardinals uh, did, although I think there was a Twitter war over that report. Either way, uh, they were definitely interested, but now they can spend that money elsewhere, and Milano could be a target for them, seeing as Levante David is out of the picture. Uh, The Titans have an undersized linebacker potentially leaving town, and we're going to talk about him next, but they might see Milano as a a perfect swap there, and I think I'll throw in the Detroit Lions as well, which is where PFF projected him to go on a four-year $45 million deal back in February. Uh, that would bolster a group that really only got solid play from Jamie Collins Sr., RIP, Gerard Davis Hive. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on uh, Milano there? 
So our linebacker wins a thing because when Matt <laughs> Milano played with the Bills yeah, this past season, it. yeah, they were 12-1 and one when he suited up. So let's make linebacker wins a thing <laughs> since we do that for quarterbacks. But yeah. Milano gave up next to nothing in pass coverage. It was 4.1 yards per target. He had an interception, and he's just a sound tackler. He only missed three tackles this past season. I thought his value came when he rushed the passer, though. So on 40 rushes, he created a pressure rate of 37.5%, which is pretty Ooh. insane. And he also had three and a half sacks, seven QB hits. I think the best part about Milano's game is he just times his blitzes so well. He does a great job of kind of picking his spots on where to insert as a pass rusher. My question is, how much of his health would scare away, a, you know, just teams in free agency? Because yeah. he was banged up quite a bit this past season. He was banged up uh, week two, I believe. He also missed time in week four. And then he missed time from weeks nine to 11. So uh, he, he was on a little bit of a pinch count when he came back. But previously... Before 2020, Milano only missed five of 50 games. So how would you think that affects his stock in free agency? Yeah, I still think there, there's a long list of, of injuries there with, you know, soft muscle tissue and, and stuff like that that concerns me regardless of the of the games missed. I think there's enough there to be like, mm. you know, I mean, when you when you look at what else is out there, and we're, we're going to get into it. But I really, really like Milano and I agree with you. And I and I said it, you know, on episode 19 that you could tell the difference when Milano is out. But, like, this is kind of like – I, I want to say it's like Jordan Hicks, though. Like, Jordan Hicks has pretty much worked out for the Arizona Cardinals and really hasn't – if I can recall, uh, at least in the beginning, wasn't injured for them after just a long, long history of injury at Tennessee and with the Philadelphia Eagles. So you are taking a risk. You do have to be comfortable – with the history there, so I'm interested to see if he if he still gets paid that type of money. If the if the interest in uh, is there for him despite that history, and and look, speaking of which, I think I think this is why this pushes a guy up for me in this pool because uh, look, our our colleague Pete Sweeney calls me Music City Mike based on my connection with the Nashville market. So needless to say, Jayon Brown is a player near and dear to my heart. The 26-year-old Titans linebacker was only recently, speaking of which, cleared medically after suffering an elbow injury that ended his season in 2020. So he's good to go when the market opens, which is important. Uh, the Titans just may let him walk because their 2019 six-round pick David Long came in in his absence and performed admirably. Uh, I personally don't see him as a one-for-one -one replacement, uh, replacement, but if you're going to pinch pennies somewhere... I'm more inclined to do it at the linebacker position if that allows you to address other things on the defense like pass rush where the Titans were abysmal last year and that was a big reason for their third down woes. And bringing back Jayon Brown wouldn't be cheap. Uh, Spotrack estimates that he could land in somewhere around the 11 mil per year range and that's probably something like a four-year deal. So, I mean, it, it does hurt though that you're able to find a gem like Brown in the fifth round back in 2017 and then you can't retain him for whatever reason and make no mistake that he is one of their best defensive players along with Kevin, Kevin Byron and all that he is in his prime you could see where they were missing him for the stretch late last year especially in coverage where he excels and in communication because they look lost at times he is a green dot player right he's getting the play calls he is the main communicator on the field so what you have is a young athletic three down linebacker you can have him for only 11 mil a year and while he's just coming off elbow surgery, he doesn't have the extensive injury history like Matt Milano. So I think sign me up. I think he is my number one linebacker on the market right now. And I'll make a rock solid connection for his landing spot to the Atlanta Falcons new head coach is former Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith was then able to coax former Titans defensive coordinator Dean Pease out of retirement to be their DC in Atlanta. 
I absolutely love Peas, by the way, and try to listen to him every time he's on a 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Uh, Peas has obviously coached Brown before and knows exactly how to use him, knows his skill set, his strengths and his weaknesses. It's too easy of a connection. You put him next to Deion Jones, you've got yourself a modern linebacking core. So that's the player, that's the conundrum, that's the money, and that's the potential new landing spot. Uh, Kyle, what say you? I think everything that you just mentioned about him going to the Falcons and playing next to Deion Jones like that pretty much just um, poo-poos on the argument that I'm about to make. <laughs> but uh, here I go. So anyway. I think Brown is a smart player. And I think that he's one of those guys who who just doesn't get fooled by you know play action. It seemed like whenever the ball was in the air during the past three seasons, if it was tipped, Brown caught it for the Titans. I think he's one of those linebackers who just excels at doing his job. He's not always flashy, but... He doesn't give up the big play. And for a guy, for a defense where Mike Vrabel is in charge, that doesn't matter because he will yeah. not put you in a great position. Uh, Brown only missed three tackles, so he's sound. And he just limited opposing receivers, so only 5.1 yards per target, which is very, very good. So my holdup with Brown is how much better does he make your defense? And you just mentioned, you know, there wasn't much of a drop-off when he was out of the lineup with the Titans. I think he. this is one of those situations where he's a good player, but if he were to sign with a team like the Chiefs or the Rams, especially at the money that he's going to command, would that be worth it? And I don't think so. And I feel like this is another case where good player, but he's not elevating your team. And as you mentioned, that season ending elbow surgery doesn't exactly exude confidence in signing Brown either. So I think he's a good player. I'm just not sure how much better he makes your team. Until you mentioned Deion Jones, damn it. Oh, yeah. I, li- I like the par- pairing there. And, and one last note on Brown to Atlanta. 2019, week four. Titans are up 24 to 10 on the Falcons in the fourth quarter. The Falcons drive to the Titans 25. It's fourth and four. Falcons go empty. Matt Ryan scrambles to his right, tries to turn up field, and there to close him down is Jayon Brown for the sack. And look, nothing says pure, unadulterated athleticism like Matt Ryan on the hoof in space. <laughs> so it's pretty remarkable uh, that, that Brown was able to make that play. That should stick in the mind of the organization when his name comes up in those meetings. But seriously, though, like jokes aside, it was a really nice play in a big moment in that game uh, that won't be forgotten uh, by the uh, by the Falcons there. So we have one more guy to go on our, on our top list of remaining free agents uh, from the linebacker class. We will hit that up after the break, and we'll be back right after this. And we're back here on the Palpably Unfair Podcast, episode 27, brought to you by the SB Nation NFL Show. I am Michael Kist, joined by Kyle Posey. We are talking free agent, linebackers, and now we get to uh, a really good one, and I think we might be underrating him, and I think the world is kind of underrated him, like K.J. Wright of the Seattle Seahawks, now a free agent. I think the the issue there is that like he he's perfect for that system in Seattle. I, I do think Seattle ends up retaining him. I do think they see his his value, but I think the, the problem for Wright is as good as he's been and it's good at coverage and is solid against the run, just an overall steady, eddy, consistent type of player, like it's Bobby Wagner soaking up all the, the hype and, and adulation, and it's kind of taken away from how we perceive Wright to be. Would you agree with that, Kyle? Do you think Wright's a little overlooked because of Wagner? I thought... In 2020, and this is going to just cause people to tune out, <laughs> K.J. Wright was better than Bobby Wagner. Mm. Like, if you just ignore all of – if you ignore the names, essentially, or right. who provided more value to their defense, I would take K.J. Wright. I love that dude. I think he's a great player. And in my opinion, 
He is the best linebacker that's available. I would take him over Milano. I would take him over Jayon Brown. Ooh. I think he's one of the better defensive free agents that's available. So if Seattle lets him walk, that would just be a terrible decision on their part. So he plays Sam in their base, and then he moves back to Will in sub packages. And his football IQ is just second to none for a second-level defender. He he sniffs out screens as soon as the offense breaks a huddle. There, there's just nothing that gets past him. Uh, he's so impressive. Fun fact, K.J. Wright, only player in the NFL last season that had double-digit pass breakups and double-digit tackles for loss. He's mm. everywhere on defense, and we're just talking about linebackers. So he doesn't have the same speed to threaten the edge, so he played a little Sam in Seattle's. But, I mean, just don't let him rush the passer then. Simple fix. Let him play in coverage. Let him stop the run. Everything about K.J. Wright I love. He he, he was on Jim Brown I, I just recently where he said, I'm not going to give Seattle a hometown discount because that just doesn't make any sense at all. I do so much on the field where that just it's not logically to do so. And I I'm all with players getting their money, especially a guy like KJ Wright, 31, probably going to be the last big deal that he gets. Um, Seattle, as a guy who covers the 49ers, if you're down to let him out of the building, please do, because he is a great player. And if he goes to another team like maybe the Rams, that would be make their defense just incredibly dangerous. So I do think you're right where he, he stays with Seattle, though. Yeah, another team I'll throw out there. I think the uh, Los Angeles Chargers would be a uh, would be a fun fun spot Ooh, yeah, for him. Staley too. Yeah, with with Brandon Staley, really. Yeah, that would that would that would be nice. You have Derwin James roaming around there. That'd be a really really fun defense, really solid unit if they could stay healthy, which which they weren't uh, last year. So I mean, there's always that qualifier. All right, so now we get into the portion where we have like a big just group of random linebackers and some of them are better than others and, and, and whatnot. We did this with running backs last time. We're going to do it again. I'm going to put a group out there and I'm a, and we're each going to pick one. So the remaining group, I'll just list some names. Denzel Perriman, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, BJ Goodson, Eric Wilson, Raekwon McMillan, Brandon Copeland, Alex Anzalone, uh, Nicholas Morrow and uh, I'm Navelle Hewitt of uh, of the New York Jets. So I'll, I'll pick my guy first here. Uh, it's not going to be Navelle Hewitt, but I will say the the one thing that I remember from him is when the Eagles played them in 2019, and wherever Hewitt went, Brandon Brooks, the guard for the Eagles, was on him at the second level and made his day absolutely miserable unbelievably miserable and just getting pushed around all over the place. So that kind of soured him in my mind. I'm going to go with Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So Kevin Pierre-Lewis, former uh, Washington player there, had signed a one-year deal worth three mil, I think, last year. Uh, his career arc kind of reminds me of LJ Fort, the Ravens linebacker now. And and I remember putting bodies through the table for LJ Fort to come to the Eagles when he wasn't retained by the Steelers after the 2018 season. Of course, uh, the Eagles did bring him in. And the Eagles stink at recognizing linebacker talent. So they released him in the middle of the season. And then, boom, he goes to the Ravens and almost instantly earns an extension as a starter. Uh, so I was early on the Fort train. And now I'm doing the same for Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who at 29 years of age saw his like first real taste of starter action last year after a career as a special teamer. I'd say Pierre-Lewis is different than Fort in that Fort is the better run defender, while Pierre-Lewis is better in coverage. And might be taken off the field against heavier sets, but that value on passing downs is excellent. Uh, he really surprised me when I came across his film last year. In fact, I even put him on my midseason, like, whoa, didn't expect that at all type list of guys that I'd watched throughout the season. And, and look, this is going to be a super cheap deal. 
It's going to be like like one year, two or three mil. You're giving him like probably just over one mil in guarantees. Like, show me the downside here. You, you at the very least get some kind of depth and you have an experienced, solid special teamer. Uh, this is like the one deal that the Eagles can afford, maybe. I mean, they couldn't even afford to tender their punter, who was one of the best players on the team last year. But regardless, uh, this is an easy, low-risk swing at the plate. I'm all about Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Uh, Kyle, who is uh, who is your guy? Got thoughts on that? Where, where are we going with this? Yeah, I like the idea of just signing a player from a good defense, if especially if you are a bad defense. Just keep it simple. So um, right. I also like the, the LJ Ford trajectory comparison there. I'm going to go with Denzel Perriman just because of all the names that are available. He has probably has the most upside, and I think he played the best last season. You kind of see Perriman. He's, he's known as that hammer. Uh, his average yeah. depth of tackle last season was 2.4 yards, and he only missed four tackles as a pass rusher. He only rushed a passer eight times, but he seemed like he got in there every time. So he had a sack. He had three hurries. He had two quarterback hits, and he also knocked down the quarterback as well. So um, he, he, he's he been injured. He's been banged up, and there's no getting around that. He struggled to stay healthy pretty much all of his career, but he did play 40% of the snaps last year. And you have to imagine, again, with Brandon Staley as the Chargers, you know, as the Chargers head coach, they would like to retain a player like Denzel Perriman. And um, it, it would probably be a cheap veteran deal, but he has the most bang for your buck among the names that we've just mentioned. So I'm going to go with Perriman as, as the best, best, best of the rest, essentially. You know, I was I was surprised when I, when I looked up his injury history. I, I, I thought with the type of player he is, the aggressive downhill type of smacker, hit you in the mouth type of guy. I was thinking like that's where you typically see either concussions or you see shoulder injuries. You see like upper body stuff. A lot of his stuff is lower body, and and I worry about that maybe sapping some of that explosion that he has and he's able to to put behind some of those hits. So you're right. Yeah, you, you probably get him at a discount because of the injury history and and whatnot. But I do think he is a um a solid player and a, and a decent pickup for depth and and early down situations. So, I mean that's that's the deal right there. That's that's the free agent primer for the linebacker class here on the Palpably Unfair podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed and found a linebacker that you now love and uh, will die if your team doesn't sign. Kyle, any last words for the gentle listeners before we hit the old uh, dusty trail here? Nothing at all. Uh, KJ Wright, best linebacker in free agency, <laughs> baby. Scream it. Scream it from the mountaintop. <laughs> Give him the Wagner take again. That was, that was, that was nice. All right. So that's going to do it for the Palpably Unfair podcast, episode 27. We thank you for joining us. Remember, uh, subscribe, rate, review. Do what I told you to do, and we'll be on good terms. Nothing bad will happen. That's it. We're out of here. Go dominate and have yourselves a day. <laughs> <laughs>